This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. This is Rabbi Yehuda Shane, administrator of Kashrus Anytime, which is a division of the Kosher Consumers Union, a 501c3 organization. We're going to try to explain a little bit of how we're boilers, steam boilers, and heating, etc., how it works. As uh, we spoke recently to Hamish um, Ravamachshir, and we asked him what is he doing by when he does canned goods of a certain product, what, uh, what is the procedure of the mashgiach? Is the mashgiach there full time? Could he explain it, please? He said it's relatively. Um, it's an all-kosher company, an OU company, all-kosher. And his whole issue really is about Bishul Yisrael. So he sends down a mashgiach, turns on the boiler, and puts a piece of tape by the switch. And uh, he leaves. Sometimes he'll come back, sometimes he doesn't come back. I uh, asked how long is the production. So he said the production is a three-day production. And the only thing that he's there for, basically, that is Bishul Yisrael. I say, does he, uh, why doesn't he stay there the whole time? He says, there's no reason for it, it's an all-kosher company. So I asked him, you mean to tell me that for the Mashgir just turning on the boiler and leaving, that that will justify the additional 5 to 10, 15% that the Hamish distributors charging for that product more when it's all kosher, everything, and just for the Bishlius roll that he's flipping on the switch, that that's sufficient for them to charge that amount. And he says, yes, I feel it is. I explained to him that he has really an issue because all commercial industrial boilers really have a second switch as well. And if he didn't turn that one and seal one, the the guy over there, as needed, can open and close it without even touching the Mashgiach switch. That's number one. Number two, there's every boiler has a low water um, low water cutoff and um, a high pressure switch, etc. The low water cutoff basically will re- fill up the boiler and recycle and start on its own, which that would not really invalidate the Bishlis roll part. But the high pressure thing that goes off is the button has to be pressed manually by the operator of the of the boiler, which is usually the guy. And uh, the, now the guy really started up the boiler had nothing to do with your switch, and he doesn't have to even shut or turn on the switch, and he does it basically by that manual reset. So now you really don't have any visual control there at all. So he says no. I th- and I explained some other issues that he has with the way he's doing it. So he says, no, he doesn't think that that's the way it works. I gotta give him his, his credit, I have to say, that he asked me to send it to him by email. He forwarded the email to his mashgiach, I believe it was in Canada, and that one went to the engineer of the company with the email, and he asked, does this boiler operate this way with a second switch with a low water cutoff and a high pressure thing, etc., etc.? And he says, yes, it does work that way. So the Ramash called him back. He says, I see that I've made a mistake. So I say, for 15 years or more, whatever else it is, you've been, or your distributor has been taking advantage of the coach consumer, charging him extra money without even providing this Bishal Yisrael that at least you thought it was Bishal Yisrael, and we don't know what other problems there are.
I found also that by caterers, many mashgichim are unaware of how the boiler works when they have to turn on the steam kettle or not turn on the steam kettle because that doesn't work with a fire. It's uh, basically opening a valve for the steam to go into in order to heat the product and they're not that familiar with what happens. So I'm going to try explaining a little bit of how boilers work and I hope I'm not going to confuse anybody. I'm not going to go into the whole thing at the one time. It's going to, it might be very confusing, but I'll try to take it apart, part by part. I will start with steam boilers first. In order to process or cook food, you need heat. In the commercial industrial food processing, steam and hot water are used extensively. We'll first explain the basics of the steam boiler operating system and some of the concerns to the kosher consumer afterwards. The source used for steam or hot water is a boiler heated by different fuels, sometimes gas, sometimes electric, sometimes oil, or sometimes a as a combination of fuels. A boiler is basically a closed vessel containing water. In a, the water in a steam boiler is pressurized and it turns into steam when heat is added above 212 degrees. Because till 212 it's water. Above 212, at the, at the, of course, in a mountainous area, it'll, it'll boil at a, at a lower temperature, but I'm talking regularly. There is a direct correlation to steam pressure and water temperature. The higher the temperature above 212, the higher the steam pressure. What happens is there was uh, others that wanted to say that when steam pressure is very high, it's called superheated steam. Basically, it's dry and really wouldn't uh, cause any problem with the condensate with the product. But there was a fallacy to that uh, assumption, which they tried getting Katerin from other Rabbanim and that, including Rav Yashiv, which I explained to Rav Yashiv and I had others explain to him that the way it works, you can't cook a product with having um, superheated steam, it'll burn the product. So they have a reducer that will reduce it when it comes to the product, so it does, it's not that high. But in order for it to travel longer distances, they'll use superheated steam. But by the time it heats the product, it will be uh, reduced to something they can work with. And then that will turn into condensate, and the condensate will absorb the taste of the non-kosher as well. And the water that's lost in the steam cycle must be replaced. It takes one pound of water to produce one pound of steam. The steam leaves the boiler by a pipe or pipes called the main where it enters into a header. From the header, the steam enters branch lines and is carried into risers and then to the steam heating equipment, usually some sort of double walled kettle. Why they need a double walled is in the wall in between is where the steam or the hot water would be and the interior is where you would have the food. At this point, the steam in the heating unit cools and turns the water into what's called condensate, and that returns back to the boiler or goes to waste, but usually it will go back to the boiler. We did, we did find in one hotel that the condensate, instead of it going back to the boiler uh, directly, it preheated the hot water that was being used in the, in the hotel. Uh, so what happens is now, if you have the steam condensate from non-kosher cooking is now preheating the hot water, you can't really use any hot water from the hotel to fill up your, your 
anything that you're going to eat with, or you're making the soup, or you're making the meat, whatever you're cooking, because that hot water is really also the hot water, so you could only work then with cold water. The condensate is, is separated from the heating equipment by what's called the steam trap that allows the condensate water, but not the steam, to pass through, and that goes back to either it'll preheat something else or it'll go back to the boiler. Then that condensate goes on the condensate return line, then to a vacuum tank. A vacuum pump creates a vacuum that helps draw the water out of the condensate return line and into the vacuum tank. The vacuum pump returns the water condensate to the boiler through the feed water line. The condensate actually goes into what's called a DA tank, and all your chemicals, what you're adding to the boiler, goes into the DA tank. Once it's returned to the boiler, the water condensate is again then turned into steam, and the process repeats itself. At that point, there has to be some more water going in from the regular city water system, whatever else it is, because you can't always recapture all the water that went out as condensate. It gets lost in the... Throughout the system, some of it gets lost, and you have to always replace that water. Before um, water would become trafe, uh, um, basically, you needed that you be nifsomechilis adam. That means that a person... Can't, it's not palatable for a person to be able to eat it. But once it became trafe and you want to be able to use it again for kosher, you really need, need it. Nifsel Mechilas Keller. I had a company, the company that manufactured Vitrix, they ran a test for me to find out how much is the difference of Nifsel Mechilas Adam and Nifsel Mechilas Keller, and it was close to 25 times more um, chemical, whatever else you have to put in to make it that a dog will not eat it versus what a person would not eat. Sometimes they'll put into a boiler one of two chemicals, either bitrix, which is a very, very bitter substance, or they'll put in pine oil. Because most other chemicals do not travel with the steam. It remains in the boiler and is taken out eventually as sludge. But uh, bitrix and um, pine oil will travel. But if there's any place that they use live steam injection, then you can't use any of these uh, polygams because it will ruin the product of whatever you use a live steam injection. If they would have, uh, let's say, a vegetable steamer that's coming off that, you can't use a polygam. Uh, sometimes when they're doing a, a Shabbos or a Yontif in a hotel, so the Mashgiach will turn on the boiler, and he feels that that'll cover him for the, for the steam kettle, etc., etc., that should be basically strong. He doesn't have to turn it on every single time. But what happens is, by steam boilers, they have to clean out the sludge from the from the pipes, which is called, they have to blow it down. It's done a minimum of once a day. When they do um, blow down, what happens is, there's that much water that gets released by the valve that you open up, that the boiler shuts down until you clear out everything. And then when you close it, it builds up again the water, so basically... It's by the guy closing the valve, that'll turn back on the boiler. So now your visually stroll that you made by turning on the boiler basically is gone now, and you would have to turn it on again. So the proper thing is that every single time that the steam cap has to be turned on, the mashgir should turn it on or shemeshavas. And most of those boilers do not have a pilot. They have electronic ignition, so you can't really have even a pilot that you can rely on.
And the proper way of kashering these, these plants, besides the kashering the equipment and utensils, you have to drain the boiler, including the DA tank and everything else like it, and all the other lines in the vacuum pump. And then you leave it idle for 24 hours. And then you fill it up, which uh, some companies will allow. If you plan that right, you have a morning, uh, uh, Monday morning production, and the company doesn't operate on, on the Shabbos and Sunday. So you can have that everything is drained out before that. And the Meshgir checks that it was drained. He seals it, and he comes back on Monday morning early, whatever else. They fill up the boiler. They bring it up to temperature, and then they can start um, cashing the, the utensils, the steam kettles, etc. But Mashkir might have to also realize that the number of steam kettles or tilt kettles or braziers, when you put it on a tilt or anything else like it, is a micro switch in there that shuts it off. So now even if you had the thing turned on and the, uh, the guy emptied it out and you, he straightened it back out, basically that micro switch shut it off. Some steam kettles will work as a self-contained unit that they do not get their steam from the boiler but they generate their own heat and sometimes it'll do basically it'll be able to cook two steam kettles and sometimes also a, a vegetable steamer as well so in a factory you, you have to make sure that at the same time once you went through the costuring that they're not cooking with that same steam that they're not cooking any other non-kosher in any other part of the plant, and if they do, and it's a problem of having completely separate because it's a large production, basically, so you have to have that from the non-kosher, all of the condensate does not return back to the boiler, but basically the pipe is opened up and it goes out to waste. We'll continue another time uh, a little bit more um, information about the steam boilers and hot um, water boilers and hot water in general in uh, hotels and in uh, caterers and in restaurants, etc., etc. And we'll talk a little bit about bakeries now. You heard on prior broadca uh, broadcast about the commercial bakery I was caught baking on Shabbos afternoon. There is a lot of problems in bakeries in general. Uh, we checked on a number of so-called Shema Shabbos bakeries, and we found the following. Uh, the goyim are there all by themselves most of the night doing the baking. There is no yid over there. Hopefully that somebody either lit up the ovens beforehand or they were relying on a pilot which they could rely on a pilot or whatever else it is but the, the night crew of Goyim are doing whatever they want and I was in one of the bakeries which I happened to go in and noticed that the Goya had his sandwich was sitting in the oven over there when they were baking uh, other items he wanted to have his hot corned beef sandwich or pastrami whatever it was but it was a, it was a meat sandwich that he was heating up over there and they, he told me that he, that he usually does that, you know, there's really nobody around to see what they do or how they get it, and they could heat up their pizza over there, whatever else it is, but there is no control over there at all. So the night crew of Goyim bake dairy with no Ashgach at all. Dairy sh is supposed to really have a chaisim, so you really can't leave the Goyim by himself with the dairy items. It's pretty problematic. I've seen by a few of them exactly what they do regarding taking challah and this and that, and it's schwach, uh, it's... It's not really a, t a tight system what it is. There is no proper egg checking at night or whatever they have over there. It's all up to the goyim. They drink coffee at night while they're baking parav. Nobody washes negovasa at all. A kosher consumer should ask questions, find out what it is, who supplies them with the food. Are, we did find one bakery that basically bakery supplied all the food. No worker could even bring a fruit to eat. 
They supplied everything. Everybody sat down together at a table. They gave them all the food to eat. They gave them the drinks. Everything else. Nothing walked into the door that the people brought in their bag or whatever else it is. You know, if you know it, it's a very interesting thing. Most New York area bakeries have the Ashgach of the Sachsenabarn and the CRC. Uh, CRC is the English name of Sachsenabarn, Central Rabbinical Congress, something like that, uh, and including the OK. The reason behind that is because the Sachsen allows bakeries to use the same oven for dairy, milchiks, and parav. The OU and, and most others will not allow it. But by Sachs bakeries, the guy just has to raise the oven temperature 50 to 100 degrees after milchiks for half an hour, and the oven is baptized to become now parav. Basically, it's, nobody really cleans the oven or anything else like it. And the Sachs says, the ovens are clean. There's nothing in the ovens. But everybody knows when you build, when you bake cheesecake, even though, and you have it in a water pan, that's the way you bake cheesecake, it always runs over. There are things over there. Then, basically, when they put on the sugar glazing, which is done just after they take the danishes out of the oven, the milchik and power of glazing and the brushes look exactly the same. To be sure that they really did do what the same ones they just used on the Danish, the Milchtiger cheese Danishes, and they're using it that. Nobody knows exactly what's happening over there. But that's the system. But ask your question, it's better to be able to buy from a bakery that does only Parav. And there are enough bakeries around that are only doing Parav. Ba bakery boxes are reused. A lot of commercial bakeries, all the commercial bakeries, use boxes to ship their product to commercial customers. The boxes are reused to ship their own products to their customers. Boxes that started out with dairy cakes and danishes, and you know that there's crumbs in there and everything else like it, may now be used for power product. Dairy should be written boldly on the perimeter of the box, so nobody should be able to reuse it for anything else. Ashgacha certifies should not allow the use of any reused boxes at any time, and boxes must be sealed properly. You can't just send it off just because it's in a box or whatever else it is that you really don't see it. Call Tov, we'll continue with another podcast and another week.